You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Molitor in D.C. once again, and joining me in the quad today from Milwaukee is Tim Yuma. Hello, everybody. Liz Dotson. Hello, hello. And Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello. Before we start, a quick question for our listeners. Are you following us on Twitter at the LJN? If you use hashtag LJN Radio to tweet a response to today's quad, a Starbucks gift card will be awarded for our favorite tweet. So let us know what you think. So as you know, my last few quads I've spent talking about customer service. A blog post recently caught my attention, though, and I thought we could talk about it further today. And the title of the post was, Don't Be Afraid to Fire a Customer. Not that that doesn't seem that customer-centric to me, but the people quoted in the article did make some good points. So just to summarize the article, since the listeners didn't get the benefit to read it, there was a, an economist, consultant, and author, Kay Plantis, or Plants. She commented, at what point should a customer be fired? And she quoted, one, when it, when it wants to take your firm in a direction that is neither strategic nor opportunistic for you, or two, when the customer deals with you in a way that is not consistent with your core values, otherwise your core values become words only. So I actually found this um, interesting and I agreed with some of the comments that were made, especially um, another person had commented in the article Susie Falk uh, from the Falk Group in Mequon, Wisconsin, she had said that uh, during the recession a couple years ago that they had some of their big customers who asked them to continue offering the same level of service that they had been receiving, but at deep, deeply discounted fees. Mm. And I think you get to a point where, I mean, we're all in business to and we all have to stay in business we all have responsibilities to our other customers and to our employees and so i guess sometimes maybe it would be appropriate to sever the ties so what did you guys think well i i thought the two points and i guess conditions were right on um in fact we have fired customers uh, even here. And oh, really? when I think, <laughs> not a lot, but it has come up before. Mm -hmm. And I think the big thing has been the core values, you know, working at a certain level and expectation and professionalism and having respect. And those were some instances where we have run into situations where we've said, you know, we're not going to be able to continue working together. And I think it's totally appropriate um, because it will wear on your core values and it, it will become words only and we need to stand behind that. So we actually have um, unfortunately had to fire a few customers, but I think in the end it worked out best for the business. And uh, so I would have to agree not to be afraid to fire a customer. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought this article up because I had actually read it a while back, I think maybe when it had uh, originally came out. But um, because it is an interesting you know, standpoint, I think what it really comes down to if you do have to fire a customer is respect. Um, you know, are they treating you and your services that you're offering you know, just as good as you know, they want to be treated? You know, Liz brought up professionalism. I think that's a huge piece. The other thing, too, that I also kind of came to mind for me was, 
are they asking too much from the person that they're trying to work with? So is it taking up an employee's time more so than it should? Mm -hmm. And I think that's also something that needs to be looked at, you know, from a cost benefit standpoint, you know, the person servicing or, you know, from a specific company, are they spending way more time than the value that's actually there um, from the customer? And I think that sometimes that would, you know, make you need to sever the tie because uh, of the the cost benefit there as well. Well, and you know, I might have a different perspective just because I haven't been in sales, uh, you know, at this sort of level like uh, Ashley and Liz have been. But you know, on the retail side, of course, when I was younger, I had jobs like that, and I never could stand the idea that the customer is always right. <laughs> yeah, until they're not, until they're berating an employee, then they're not really that right. Uh, but one one uh, quote in here that Kay uh, had, the economist, was that um, a mistake that a lot of companies make is to assume all customers matter equally and that you should meet every need of every customer the same way. And um, I think what all of you have brought up, you know, it's just that there are circumstances where it's it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense financially, possibly. It doesn't make sense with an employee's time, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Ashley. Um, and, and then I always wonder if something gets out that you're you're catering to this one customer People talk, especially if they're in the same industry. And then another customer finds out, well, they're getting that deal or where's our deal? I mean, I just, I think you right. set yourself up in in, in such a um, possibly an uncomfortable situation. So I, I really did love that. I do think, um, you know, of course, customers are important. You should provide great customer service, which I know everyone in our organization does. But the employees matter too. And if if they're right. getting, you know, if they're getting the the raw end of the deal constantly, if that's the, the problem, um, you're not going to have any employees to to help with those customers, or at least not productive ones. So I think it was a an interesting article. I think it definitely um, gets people talking, like we are here today. Uh, and I think it's something that that I think moving forward, a lot of people are recognizing more that it's not just customer gets what they want all the time. Yeah, good point. I like the per- perspective you bring in, Tim, about there being external customers, but employees are your internal customers too, and True. they have a you know certain level of you know, respect and professionalism and those types of things that they they have expectations of too. So mm-hmm. that's good. All right. Well, that was a good conversation, guys. <laughs> so let's keep it going. And so, Tim, you're up next. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, I just came across an article um, regarding moods and emotions at work and just how that all plays along and, and how it might affect your day positively or negatively or how someone else could in a way. Uh, and the term that was used in an article I'd seen was emotional contag- contagion. It's contagion, as in contagious. Um, <laughs> and that's defined as the tendency to express and experience emotions similar to and influenced by others. So the idea of, you know, maybe you come in happy and, and cheerful on a Monday and you run into, you know, John Doe and, and he's just, he's grumpy or something's wrong and and it swings your mood in a in a negative way. Or maybe on the positive side, you're able to influence him to, you know, to, to cheer up a little bit. Um, but I think it's something that we don't necessarily think about. For the most part, I, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm grumpy by any means, but I'm not like your chipper, big smile all day kind of thing. I'm just kind of head down and, and doing my work. Um, but I do wonder like, okay, am I, am I rubbing people the wrong way mm-hmm. in some way? Am I affecting their mood? So uh, I guess I just want to get all of your thoughts and perspectives on if, if that happens to you, if you, if you don't really pay attention, if it's something you Maybe you didn't realize, oh, maybe that's why my mood changed because so-and-so was was upset today. Um, I just want to get your thoughts. I think you bring up a good point in the fact that you aren't necessarily 
you might be having the best day ever, but whether or not I would be able to tell that from you, mm-hmm. um, I could d- get a totally different perspective because of the way that our personalities are. Right. And that could definitely reflect on to me as like, ooh, I'm not sure how Tim's feeling today. I probably shouldn't stop by his desk again. Um, <laughs> I'll leave him alone. <laughs> but you might be like, oh, I have a, I'm having a great day. So I, I definitely think that it does, your emotions do reflect onto people that you are working with, especially when you're working with them closely. So I, you know, definitely take the perspective of always, especially when you are um, in a management position or a leader role or, you know, you have people that do look up to you you always want to have that positivity, whether you're having the worst day ever or, you know, the best day ever. Um, take the time. That's why I like commuting, because those are my times to just get it all out and, you know, be done. So that's time I'm coming to work or leaving work. Then, What do you mean get it all out? Are you screaming as you're driving exactly, down? Exactly, oh, yeah. Okay. You oh. never know what happens. Ashley has uh, an hour commute, so she's got a lot of time. That's to good. That's good. The tension usually comes from other drivers, yeah, so I, not necessarily anything else. I get that. But, <laughs> um, as I long think as it's not coming from home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, those are the good times to reflect and have your negativities if you need to and then leave it all at the door. I definitely am a person that will uh, absorb, I think, my coworkers' emotions, be it good or bad. Um, but I have to admit, it's like if I can sense someone's not having a good day, I'll avoid them. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to press them. I mean, I'll work to get my job done. But on the other hand, people who are tend to be positive all the time and then I'm sensing that they're not, then there's a concern that seeps in. Mm. You know, yep. it's like, are you doing okay? Um, you know, and a lot of the person, you know, they may be fine and they're just, you know, having a, one of those days or they're not ready to talk about it or that's all the invitation that they need. And then they're like, oh, yeah, let me tell you. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but we all just have our different moods and, you know, good or bad, I definitely play off it. And I think people can tell when I'm in a bad mood, too. But to your, I think to Ashley's point, um, you know, when you're in a leadership position, sometimes even when you're not in the best of moods, you got to almost fake it. Yeah, you leave Mm -hmm. it at the door. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier than others. And so no one's perfect. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it depends if it's uncharacteristic or not. Like, yeah, that is a I good mean, point, you right? gotta just know that people are gonna have different personalities from yourself. Like Tim, I'm not gonna expect you to be like cheerleading at your desk <laughs> or anything. But it's one of those things that if you're unusually happy or unusually quiet or something, I would maybe say, "Hey, you doing okay?" I I probably would bring something up. Everything all right? Like Lynn, you had mentioned, but only if it seemed uncharacteristic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Lynn, it's interesting you brought up, uh, I I was going to ask you, if you sense somebody's having a bad day or maybe they're whatever, a little grouchy or or whatever the case, are you avoiding them because you don't want to absorb that? Or are you avoiding them because I think we've all been there. Sometimes if we're not in a good mood, we just don't want people to try to cheer us up or to Mm -hmm. bug us. I mean, I guess what's your thought process? Kind of a little both maybe? I think it depends on the person and how well you know them. Sure. You know, if a person isn't all the time happy and you know they just seem to be a little more reserved it's like let them be you mm-hmm. know I, again but if you 
kind of know the person and it's uncharacteristic, you know, then you might ask. Right. So, but yeah, or if you can really tell someone's in a bad mood, I'll avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that might be the best route. I don't mean, there's nothing there. <laughs> necessarily wrong with that. Yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not offended by it. Right, I'm like, oh, right. you know, I'm always, everyone has a lot going on in their day and you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, what you know they could come walking out of a meeting and mm-hmm. you don't know what the heck happened in there yeah no, that's a good point and I, I will say i think uh over the years I, i'd always thought well honesty is the best right so somebody asks you how you're doing and if you're doing crummy you tell them but you know i've <laughs> i've just i've come to realize why should i ruin their day by getting into some negative conversation oh, so that's a good point usually it's just kind of like oh you know doing fine yeah. thanks how are you doing <laughs> to get it, get it back good. to them so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we hope everyone's having a happy day out there. <laughs> okay, so next up in the quad, we don't have to worry about how we look for our listeners, but video is becoming popular. So, Liz, what's this all about? Yeah, so as we're talking about emotions and body language and things here, I wanted to bring up the topic of video. And actually, I know it's something that's become more and more popular. Even here, we do some of our interviewing via Polycom and via Skype. And it's quite handy. But one of the things that's come up recently is this concept of video resumes. Hmm. And given the nature of our business, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to pick brains on what people think about that. We haven't really dabbled into that world too much, uh, but I thought just at first glance, what are your impressions on whether you think is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I I think it depends on the role, um, on whether or not it would be beneficial. I think if... uh, You're the type of person that is going, you know, for a position where you're going to be in front of people or you're going to be on the phone or you need to have that a really good personal interaction. I think they're great. I think it'd be a great way to get a better sense of and it may take it may help in that you don't have to schedule maybe an in-person interview or something like that. So it actually might help the hiring process speed things up a little bit more. However, if it's for a position in which you maybe aren't doing a lot of interaction um, and it's more based on your um, written work or... Like accounting or something. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, that's a good example. Or even, you know, writers, you know, I guess, you know, just kind of yeah. from that standpoint, then maybe it wouldn't be the best idea because you're not being, you know, qualified based on mm-hmm. your personal interaction. I think that's one of the things that, from what you're talking about, not necessarily now from what your job is, but maybe on paper you feel you don't look that good. Maybe you don't. I mean, you're going to meet the requirements that an employer is going to look for, but maybe you feel there's probably people out there who have more experience or have maybe been in a situation that uh, that lends itself to more, um, you know, high quality work. So maybe you can sell yourself a little better. Maybe if mm-hmm. you are going for that sales position, on paper you don't have the experience, but if you can get in front of them and be like, look, you know, here's my personality and, you know, and just the way you talk and communicate and, and you're energetic and you're excited. Um, you know, that's one way that you can maybe push yourself ahead of those, point. those paper mm-hmm. resumes. Because um, it's kind of funny. I just, <laughs> a classmate of one of my, uh, of my older son, he's just very goofy way out there. But me and the parents are talking, he's going to be a great salesman. And obviously <laughs> he has no resume. He's, he's eight <laughs> years old. But just the way he acts and talks and it's like, man, I, I could really see a company picking him over somebody with, you know, a couple of years experience just because you see sure. how he's going to he's going to work there. And the other thing I would say is if you are in a situation where you've been struggling to find a job and you've been doing the traditional resume, 
give it a shot. I mean, it's not going to hurt you if, if you've been spending months and months and you can't get anything to work. That's when you need to, hey, try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, change the game plan a little bit. So that, that would be my two suggestions. Yeah, I'm a little skeptic on this, I have to say, because I have interviewed with people and sometimes um, their feedback can be on non on non-work-related items, you know, regarding how the person presents themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess initially I would like to be on a level playing field with everyone else. And so paper to me kind of takes out the personality. I mean, you can see a per- person's personality, I guess, slightly in a resume, but it's more in qualifications, you know, and then if they get the opportunity to come in and, you know, pitch themselves further. But um, yeah, I'm always skeptical with the video stuff because you can know a lot more about a person up front. And how do you maintain that? I don't know. Objectivity? Yes. Yeah, that's that's definitely the the danger zone because now you're seeing, you know, possibly age and, you know, again, we hope, of course, you know, we're not ever implying that employers are looking at those things. But I mean, age, ethnicity, uh, even gender, I mean, that stuff can all, as you said, Lynn, that, that doesn't necessarily even the playing field. It might put you at a disadvantage with with some unfortunate circumstances. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, this one, I just, you know, I can see the pros and sometimes I can see the cons. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, we're going to stick with the standard traditional <laughs> resumes and cover letters. I think that would probably be our general recommendation, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, right. You know, I don't think I'm off base there. <laughs> well, time will tell. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we may talk about this again in the future. Well, it has been a topic for quite a few years now, and it really hasn't seemed to take off no, yet. So, no. yeah. So stay tuned. One never knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ashley, uh, why don't you tell us about our final topic for the day? Yeah, so wanted to just bring up an interesting topic, whether it is um, really preparing for a leave, whether you're going on vacation, maybe maternity leave, a sabbatical of some sort. Wanted to grab your tips on on how you prepare for this to make sure that your responsibilities are being covered um, or, you know, that you have that you know essentially all the responsibilities that you need to have covered. So just to kind of get personal experiences, um, maybe things that you wish other people would have done when they went on leave, things like that. Well, I can start with this one because I'm kind of in a situation with that, not where I'm leaving, but the person who um, I'm reporting to is going to be. And I'd say one thing that's been extremely helpful is just being included on pretty much all conversations for the past at least few months um, via email, um, in meetings, maybe certain reports that I'm going to need to know ahead of time. And um, even if it's something that I might know and I've kind of seen on the peripheral uh, side of things, um, but just literally seeing, okay, here's how the communication's working. Here's how the, here's how the chain is working. Um, here's the, the type of verbiage that he or she is going to use. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, whether it's the organization prefers that or the person that you'll be working with prefers that. As we talked about, everybody's different. Everybody, you know, it might be more of a ca- casual um, conversation. It might be more formal. Uh, what what at, what items are, are included in each of that? So I think that's a huge thing that if you are leaving and, and, and you're something you're able to plan for that, just giving those specific examples and getting anyone who needs to be involved on the ground floor with that as soon as possible and seeing how all those things work together. Because in theory, yeah, we can tell you, oh, this is how it works. But to really see it in action, I think that that's what gives you that connection. So moving forward, they, they'll they feel comfortable that, you know, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that definitely works um, if you have the luxury of time. Right. <laughs> so I had a situation where um, I found out I was going to be out for six weeks of work and I had one week notice. Mm. So I had one week notice, but that meant my employer had one week notice too. So um, luckily, I, you know, the way that um, the work team had worked, it was pretty, uh, you know, I think... We had things documented. We were aware of what each other was doing. And I was in a management position at the time, so I couldn't really delegate anything down. I could only delegate to my peer group or upwards to my boss. And luckily, I was organized enough. So then that made that transition smooth. And um, I basically, though, psychologically, I had to accept the fact that when I came back, Things may have been done a different way than I would have preferred, <laughs> but because I only had a week's notice, mm-hmm. there really wasn't anything I could do. And I had to be respectful to that. Everyone else had their own job to do. Yeah. So they basically were, you know, they were covering a full-time position for me while I was out. So I think that's um, something to keep in mind too, that that can happen to anybody. When you have a long notice, that's great. You can plan for it, but you also have to be prepared for short notices as well. Yeah. It always helps me to know what the priorities are for that person, too, and being able to know what I should be asking more questions about, what I do feel like I need to have a very strong handle on versus, okay, somebody else is kind of the expert in this area. I have somebody to go to for that. Mm -hmm. So being able to understand the priorities of that particular individual and then also who those point people are to go to for the other items. Working ahead, obviously, when you can is great. Being able to, if you know you can book something out X number of months in advance, taking care of those things is really nice too. But that, again, is when you have the convenience of time, which is not always the Mm -hmm. case. Documentation of processes. Lynn, I'm willing to bet you had (laughs) all the processes documented, folders organized, et cetera. And that- Probably not as as well as you would thought. (laughs) But I bet it's still better than 95% of the people (laughs) out there. (laughs) But that's the thing is working like you could be out at any point in time is always helpful to think about when you are putting together things and you are, you know, thinking about your own workload and how organized or disorganized you might be. Um, Keeping in mind that, as you mentioned, Lynn, you could be out at a moment's notice and what would things look like? (laughs) I know. It's not a good thought. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) I know. I would fear for you all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up here because Katie's giving me the signal. But we'll resume our lively discussions the next time we meet. Remember, listeners, you can connect with any of us in the LJN Radio Quad by sending a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Tell us what you would like us to talk about in the next quad. And remember to follow us on Twitter at the LJN and use hashtag LJN Radio. Our favorite tweet always wins a Starbucks gift card. So be kind to your coworkers today and remember to keep negativity at bay and think happy thoughts, at least until your workday is over. For Tim Muma, Liz Dotson, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. 